the shift that I experienced within four weeks was mind-blowing. I was like, I don't have heavy bleeding anymore. I'm not experiencing these crazy mood swings. And I was like, I can't believe that this is the missing piece of the puzzle this whole time and nobody told me. Welcome to the Healthy Out Life Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Banghart, Certified Integrative Nutritional Health Coach and Gut Health Advisor. Here we talk about all the things health-related. If you're interested in living a life you can say health yeah to, you're in the right place. Welcome to episode number 71 of the Healthy Out Life Podcast. Today I have Felicia Kefago, and she has an amazing story to tell us, but she runs Healthy Period Geek. Yeah, you heard me say that right. Healthy Period Geek. And she's on TikTok and Instagram, sharing all things that have to do with our period. But she's a functional practitioner who has one goal, to help women understand their bodies and how taking simple steps in the right direction can help the dramatic symptoms our hormones can bring to our everyday lives. Felicia went through horrible PMS, painful periods, and burnout. She was able to heal herself from all the symptoms with holistic healing. You guys are going to just love today's podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Felicia and just the things that we were discussing is just mind-blowing and so interesting. You know, it's stuff we never used to talk about and it's time we started talking about more of these type of, of things. We're women. We have these things. This is our life. So sit back and enjoy. I think you're going to love this episode. Hey friend, I have an amazing offer for you today. Have you shopped online at thrivemarket.com? I personally love Thrive Market. You can choose products by brand names or diet plans. And I love selecting all my favorite gluten-free items and having them shipped directly to my home. New members get 40% off their first order using the link I have provided in the show notes below. Happy shopping! Okay, ladies, I have an exciting guest for you all today. Today I have Felicia, and we're going to be talking about female stuff, right, Felicia? Yes, all the period health I can think of. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So get ready, guys, because this is going to be really good. You know, I think about how it can help people from, you know, when you start your period, tell you're old like me. (laughs) Things change over the years. And then other things like, um, you know, body trauma, having a kid, like there's so many things that happen that can change the course of your menstrual cycle and your hormone health. So that's something to remember as well. Yes. So I always like my guests to tell me their story because everybody has their story, Felicia. So let's, let's talk about your story and then we can go on into what you do and how you help women. Yes. So my story, I guess you can say, begins um, at about 16, 17. I actually started taking birth control and I had really bad reaction with birth control. I um, It was mostly a mood thing. So I all of a sudden became very irritable. I was depressed. I was sad. And I was like, all right, this is not working for me. <laughs> so um, I actually was not on it very long. And then I, I just kind of quit. And I was like, uh, you know, birth control is just not an option for me. And then 
later on down the road, I actually had my first daughter at 21 years old. And I noticed a lot of shifts with my mood again during that time. And I didn't have any period shifts. I still had a really good period at this point, but my mood was all over the place. I was depressed. I was having anxiety. These were not things that I normally suffered with before. And then after my second daughter, which was at 25, not only did the mood and the anxiety and the depression and all that stuff get way worse, all of a sudden I was having really, really bad periods. They were very heavy. I was all over the place. I felt like I wasn't the same person anymore. Uh, I mean, like every PMS symptom you can think of, I was experiencing times 1000. And I was back into the doctor's office saying like, hey, I'm struggling. I don't know what's going on. And I finally got after three doctors, I finally got someone to do testing on me. And, you know, this is back when I didn't know any of the things I know now. So they were like, okay, we'll do an ultrasound on you and we'll do all these things. Um, And they tested me and they're like, there's nothing wrong with you. There's no... Mm. No issues that we can see internally. Um, There's nothing that we can find. The only suggestion that I have for you is birth control. And I was like, I cannot take birth control. I'm not going back down that rabbit hole again. Um, I felt like a complete mess back then. And I'm a mess now. So I can only imagine what that's going to do to me if I start taking that. So then I was like, you know what? Because he told me he's like, the only option I have for you is birth control. Or I can give you a blood thinner. And he's like, I really don't recommend that, though, because, you know, that's very intense. And I was like all right, well, you know what, I'm going to go home and I'm going to go down a rabbit hole of research so I can figure out like what my options are. And I kind of already have dabbled in like natural holistic healing at this point, but for other things like with my kids, like how to heal a cold and like all that stuff without medication. So I went down that same rabbit hole for myself and my hormones and I was like, this is it. So I actually hired a coach that was a hormone health coach and she brought me through her program And the shift that I experienced within four weeks was mind-blowing. I was like, I don't have heavy bleeding anymore. I'm not experiencing these crazy mood swings. And I was like, I can't believe that this is the missing piece of the puzzle this whole time. And nobody told me. So then I was like, you know what? I have to do this. I have to be the person to spread the message to hundreds of women that are suffering in the same way that I am. And so I went to school to be a holistic health coach. And here I am. I love it. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, yes, you know why they didn't help you? They don't know. And that's not their expertise. They're not over there on the holistic side, unless you're seeing a naturopathic doctor or something. That's not what they do, right, Felicia? Yeah. I think what happens is when you go to the doctor for something, they're looking for a chronic issue. And if they can't find that chronic issue or diagnosis or whatever it may be, they can't help. They don't know what to do other than suggest a diet change, but then there's no real guidance on what that diet change should be, you know? And what the diet change is for you, your body. Yeah. And it's even less common for things like in the, um, in the female reproductive health, like you're not going to be told you need to change your diet. You know, this is more like if you're going to the doctors for like a health issue or a heart issue or something like that, that's where you'll hear more about changing your diet. But not once did they suggest like, Hey, let's test your hormones and see where you're at. Like, you know, so that was their answer was birth control pills. And that seems to still be the answer. That was the answer when I was a teenager. That's the answer now for my granddaughter, who's a teenager. We'll just put you on birth control. That'll just fix it. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm not hating on birth control. A lot of people, you know, can definitely take it and be fine. But 
I feel like the lack of knowledge when you're prescribing a teenager at that saying like, Mm -hmm. you know, birth control is going to help you. But what you're not telling them is that it's actually shutting down their hormones. And that Mm -hmm. can have a really bad long term effect on somebody's health, you know, and that information is not being shared. And that's just like really sad, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Well, and it is sad. And it's not just on the, you know, pill side, the hormone side. You think about everything that people go into to talk to their doctor about we're not, we're not schooled in that, right, Felicia? So we go in there, we're going to trust their expertise again, and they're going to tell us, okay, here's this medication, here's this pill, here's this, here's, you know, that's what they do. They primarily lead in pharmaceuticals, right? So that's how it's going to be. If you don't know, like you said, you came home and went and that what I call Dr. Google, you got on there and you started researching and said, I've got to do better. I know I can do better. There's something else we can change, which, you know, again, I think it's great people like you that come out and just go, Hey, let's talk about this because I guarantee, I know you're a lot younger than me, but when I was a teenager, nobody talked about periods. You know what they did? You're a female, you bleed you bleed and then go on your life. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of talk and maybe they didn't know much, but we're learning so much more, right? We're evolving so much. Yeah. Like <laughs> my, even my dad, I remember I, um, we were talking about something and I was like, yeah, I call myself healthy period geek. And he's like, why do you got to use the weird period or the word period? And I'm like, that's exactly why, because why do you feel so awkward with that word? It is a uh-huh. natural thing. And a lot of women are suffering. So just mm-hmm. get used to the fact that that word is going to be used a lot more because there's a lot of women who are standing up for it now. Mm-hmm. Well, just like hormone fluctuations, right? We can talk about those a little bit. You know, how, my gosh, Felicia, we don't want to be perceived as crazy or somebody doing something off that just doesn't seem right. You know, I mean, we're so worried about the perception of others and what they might think that it's like, we just keep it secret. Think how many people keep it secret and suffer in silence. Yeah, or just are very unaware that it's even hormone related some mm. because they think, oh, it's like I must be starting my period in two days. I'm feeling frustrated. But sometimes that frustration can last up to like 14, you know, seven to 14 days before your period even starts. And then you're constantly questioning yourself, like, why, why do I feel like this? Mm-hmm. And nobody knows how to correlate because nobody is educated on these things. Right. You are totally on it. So I think that's awesome. So we talked a little bit about testing. So they tested you. You were fine. Go home. Sorry, Felicia. We don't have anything for you. Here's our options. Blood thinners or birth control, right? Which sounds asinine. When you say it out loud, I hope you know that I'm just listening and going, really? That was our choices. (laughs) I know. It is very silly. But there are some functional tests, right, that you can go do. And and again, definitely. Um, as far as functional testing, I like to do like a whole body approach because the body Mm. is in harmony. It wants to be in harmony all the time. And you want to look at things sometimes more than just your hormones, because when your hormones become imbalanced, it could be because of something else that trickled out of balance. So I don't like to leave anything forgotten. So that includes like gut health and brain health and, Mm. you know, um, liver health because it all matters and, you know, supporting the detox pathways. So there are like a few tests that I recommend right off the bat. And that is like the GI map, the stress and hormone panel are really two huge insights into 
your gut health and your hormone health. So like the stress mm-hmm. and hormone panel tells you your progesterone levels, your estrogen levels, your cortisol levels, which is your stress related hormone and your testosterone and all those things. And it can tell you if those things are really low, if they're really high, if they're not in balance with each other, you know, if cortisol is like really high, I can say like, uh, you're really stressed out or you're running on caffeine all the time and you need to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so it's really good to know those numbers and just be able to tackle it head on and give you like a very personalized plan catered to your specific body type. And then the gut itself is super important and the mm-hmm. liver is super important because we metabolize and we detox through the liver and we don't ever want to recycle hormones. So it's really good to get an insight on like how, how well is the liver doing? Are you struggling in that department? And then how good is the gut being? Is it mm-hmm. the super imbalanced? Because if your hormones are imbalanced and your gut is imbalanced, you're going to have a very hard time getting to a more healthier version of yourself if you don't address both at the same time in a sense. Yeah. And I talk about gut health all the time. Hormones are super interesting to me. And I just have to mention too, as we're speaking. So, you know, anybody who's listening, hormones just aren't when you're old and they start depleting, you know, they can fluctuate. And you mentioned it too, from having children, from, you know, being a teenager, those different things, they have a different your body has a different reaction, right, to them with your hormones. Because I know I used to have friends that was like, they would be cray cray. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, um, yeah, I don't want to be that person. You know, again, we're thinking of how the perception used to be. Yeah, um, hormones can dictate how you feel on a daily basis for a very long period of your life. For weeks in a month, days in a month, or just the whole month, you could be totally off, have anxiety, have depression, have all the things because of simply your hormones fluctuating in a way that they're really not supposed to be fluctuating. And we do need to make sure that people hear this too, that it's really important. Your gut health is really important. You know, like you said, your liver health, because everything's going through your liver. That's how you detox. That's how you, you know, get rid of all the garbage. Um, It takes the garbage out for you. And I have a question. You, you mentioned recycle hormones. What does that mean? That's nothing I'm familiar with. So the way it works is basically, this is a big one for estrogen. The way they talk about estrogen dominance is, you know, having a really high ratio of estrogen versus the amount of progesterone that you have in your body. and there's a lot of fake synthetic estrogens that we have in the world today, like in plastic Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And when you have a natural hormone like estrogen going through your body, it gets flushed out in bowel movements. So it goes through the liver and then it gets flushed out in a bowel movement. And what you don't want to happen is for the liver to be so sluggish that it's rescinding these hormones back to be used into your body, basically recycling the estrogen that causes a very confused, um, basically imbalancing your hormones itself. It's becoming confused and it doesn't know what to do. And the synthetic estrogen, if you're neat, if you're not detoxing that properly, it'll stick around for a while. Those are really hard Mm -hmm. to get rid of in the first place. So you constantly want to make sure that your detox pathways are super healthy and you're having daily bowel movements because if you don't, you're most likely going to build up on estrogen. Yeah, because your body's going to reabsorb 
all that garbage. It, that's the that's the reason we eliminate. That's the reason you you know go take a poop is to get rid of that. What it, what do they call it? They call it um, well elimination, but you know that you're just detoxification. But yeah, it's just you're getting rid of waste. You know right? And there's a reason because your body does not need that. So that's interesting. And when you talk about estrogens, yeah, there's all kinds of estrogens, right? We talk about plastics and stuff and why you shouldn't use those plastics, those good old plastic Tupperware type. I guess we shouldn't say a name, but you know, those plastics, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's water bottles, whether it's containers, Uh, um, you know, even in your tap water, (laughs) tap water is a huge one. There's a lot of pharmaceuticals that get, you know, re-entered mm. into the uh, tap water, which is funny because I just recently went down a rabbit hole of that and like, what do I want to use this time? Because mm-hmm. I, I've i been using reverse osmosis in the past, which actually gets rid of all the good and the bad in the water. So it's just plain and you got to kind of like me mineralize yourself. So mm-hmm. definitely don't drink tap water. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's another one. And I will make sure I put it in the show notes because I don't know exactly what the um, website is, but I know EWG does, you can go into EWG, which is Environmental Working Group, and you can put in your city, town, whatever, and they will give you that report on your water. I know I did it recently for our neighborhood, so the neighborhood Facebook group. Um, somebody wrote, does everybody taste the water? It's funky, you know, something's going on. It smells weird. And I said, well, just go here. And and they were, and one gal wrote back and she's like, thanks, Karen. <laughs> but it's, but it's information that's out there. They have to make it, you know, public information. Super important. If you want to know what's going on with your water, go check those out. Because nine times out of 10, your water is not as good as you think. We always promote drinking water, yeah. but could it come? I don't want to freak people out because we could start going some weird places and people go, oh my gosh, I can't even breathe the air. You know, we don't want to make people freak out too much, but just knowing, empowering yourself, educating yourself. I think it's really important, Felicia. It is because there's a lot of options you can go down. Um, You don't have to be afraid of tap water. There are Mm -hmm. very cheap filters that might not get rid of everything, but it's at least helping a little bit. And then there's the more crazy, you know, whole house filtration systems on top Mm -hmm. of like reverse osmosis, which is like an entire tank under your um, sink. And like, there's so many options out there and not all of them have to be absolutely perfect. So yes, don't ever think that you should deprive yourself of water because the tap water might be bad. You know, you could go buy, um, there's like spring water that people also sell like locally sometimes depending on where you're at that you could actually get the spring water delivered to your house and there's just big water jugs that you could you know pour into glass containers in your fridge so it's not sitting in plastic for Mm -hmm. a longer period of time there's definitely plenty of options for Mm -hmm. sure yeah and we don't want to get too much on the off on the water issue but just knowing that there's these things can cause some hormone imbalances people need to know that right okay so then let's talk about let's talk about our period felicia you know let's talk about some different things you know what if people have a regular bleeding what is something they can do a regular bleeding when i work with somebody who experiences this a lot of the time i ask questions like how many calories are you eating in a day mm. um what are you eating? Are you eating healthy fats or are you on a low fat diet? How much do you exercise? 
versus how much calories you're taking in. These are things that are huge when it comes to getting a regular period because going low fat can have an adverse effect on your period, mostly because hormones are created from cholesterol, which comes from healthy fats. So things like yogurt, you might benefit from not going low fat, depending on your situation, what's going on in your life. But those are the questions that I'm going to ask because Mm -hmm. you don't want to go low fat. You definitely don't want to exert your body so far um, with exercise and not keeping up with the amount of calories that you're eating, like a low carb diet, or maybe you're in a calorie deficit and you're pushing yourself like five to seven days at the gym, running on the treadmill and weightlifting and all these things. Basically, you're putting in your your body in a state of stress and it's not mm-hmm. going to think about like, I need a period right now or I need sex hormones. It's not going to think that way. Right. And there's a reason because your body's smart. And it's going, okay, this is not a time to get pregnant, girl. You are not healthy. So think about that. There are times when your body is in these stressors where it's like, no, that's what our body is meant to do as females is reproduce. So if you're not having those regular periods, like we're talking about, there could be something like you said. And, And as you're talking, I was thinking about the low fat fads, you know, I'm I come from that day and age where they switched over to low fat and then they doubled us and tripled us with sugar, you know, to make it taste good because you had to put something in there to taste good. People had no idea, you know, you could eat two of these low fat um, cookies instead. You know what I mean? It's just that weird mental game that they play this marketing stuff that they do, Felicia, you know, a lot of brainwashing and (laughs) a lot of uneducating again. and. Um, and trust. Yeah. And people are just willingly trust. And I'm not saying that you can't believe something, but do your homework. Yeah. All the, yeah. Always go mm-hmm. down the rabbit hole. Like I always go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I know. So do I. And, you know, for people like you and I, we'd love it. There may be people like, I don't have time for that. I need somebody like Felicia. I need somebody like Karen that has already done the research that can tell me what to do. Because a lot of times that's what people just need, Felicia. I get that completely because, you know, my, my career focus is on this. So I could talk about this all day, but Mm -hmm. I understand for other people that, you know, maybe it's not something that you really want to dive into. um, And you want more somebody who can just kind of guide you instead. That's completely understandable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's normal too. You know, we geek out on this stuff and we love it. Like you said. So, okay. What about something like, why is somebody always exhausted during their period or right before what's going on there it's back into the hormone fluctuation again so usually when you ovulate which is about average 14 days after your period for most women your estrogen will start to go down and your testosterone will start to go down and you'll head into your uh, luteal phase and then about 14 days later your period is supposed to start during this time if you're progesterone does not rise in that luteal phase, you're going to feel exhausted from the major shift of like estrogen just downfalling and then progesterone like not showing up and your hormones are going to be all over the place. And then if progesterone is like way too high, you'll also feel super fatigued. Mm -hmm. And also something to think about is cortisol again, like how Mm. we talk about our stress hormone and how your body is not thinking about Uh, creating hormones and sex hormones and having babies and 
digestion and like all these things that are super important when it comes to starting your period, it's basically just putting it on the back burner saying like, no, we have other things to prioritize right now. And what happens with cortisol is eventually what stays up for such a long time, like cortisol does, it will come down and it will crash. And a lot of people refer to this as uh, burnout or adrenal mm-hmm. fatigue. And mm-hmm. a lot of women will experience if they're in that phase of adrenal fatigue during that second half of your cycle, during that luteal phase, you will feel really exhausted to the point where I, this happened to me and I was like crawling up the stairs at like 4 PM, like, all right, my husband's home. I'm out. I'm exhausted. I need a break. Like I can't handle anything. I'm frustrated all the time. I'm irritated. I don't want to cook dinner. And I just remember just clocking out at like four. And I'm like, that's when, you know, that's when rock bottom actually hit for me. And I was like, I cannot live the rest of my life like this. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I did the stress and hormone panel. And I was like, I seen my cortisol levels and I seen my hormones and they were all depleted. They were just non-existent. And I'm like, this is why I'm exhausted all the time. And especially Mm -hmm. during that second half, it gets really bad. Yeah. And this is a young person. You were young when this happened after your second daughter and you're like, what in the heck is happening to my body? So yeah. And I love the uh, information about cortisol and adrenals. That's super interesting to me because I just go in and I do like all the research like you do. And it's like, yeah, this is really cool. And if people don't understand, let's talk a little bit about cortisol, adrenals, it's your fight or flight. So many people are living in the sympathetic state, which I didn't understand for a long time. Felicia was like sympathetic state. Doesn't that mean it's good? I'm feeling sympathy. What's going on? You know, it sounds a little different than it is, but it just means your body thinks it needs to be on high alert. We're not on high alert. Yes, you may go out and you may be driving down the interstate and a car goes in front of you or something like that. When you when you have those kind of things, yeah, your body needs to go, oh, shoot, you know, this happened. But we're not constantly being chased by bears. You know, it's it's not something your body should always be in this fight or flight and having the sympathetic state all the time. And like you said, it rises your adrenals. You know, your adrenals freak out. You have that reaction. And your cortisol levels go up. And also something people need to know about cortisol too, that's your midsection heaviness. So if you start getting some, you know, midsection around your belly, that is cortisol. That's what it does. It hangs on right there. Yeah. Estrogen Estrogen will hang out there too. Well, that's interesting too, because it's like, oh, really? Again, you know, just talking about all these things is so cool because who knew? Like, like you said, we've always made, I guess we haven't always made it taboo, but it kind of seems like you said, like even your, even your dad talking about, you know, it's like, Felicia, why are you calling yourself that healthy period geek? You know, it's funny. And and I know he's a man, so you've got that on him, but there yeah. are women too, who are like, oh, we're not talking about that. We don't have this. And we're all pretending like every woman on this earth hasn't went through this. Right. Yeah. I mean, someone, women get super lucky and they have a really nice period, but then there's the other like majority that are not being heard. And it's just, what's interesting about going down that rabbit hole of like cortisol and the adrenals and stuff like that is it all starts to make sense. Mm-hmm. Once you start to learn how it works and understand why hormones can be become imbalanced from multiple different revenues on the body. Um, 
and how we start to understand like we are in a cortisol dominant state majority of us because we are constantly worried and what we don't do is any self-care none Mm -hmm. we constantly just run on adrenaline to whatever you know a woman's desires are to be a mom that's exhausting you're running on adrenaline to be a career woman that's exhausting you're running on adrenaline and majority of the time nobody's like doing any self-care no a lot of the women like I've heard this so many times on um, just scrolling on social media where they'll say like uh, going to the grocery store by yourself is not a vacation. And a lot of women will do that where they'll like, you know, I get to go to the grocery store by myself and my kids aren't with me. My husband's at home. I'm like, that is not enough. That is not even Mm -hmm. nearly enough. You need way more than that. You need to do something for yourself and nobody else. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's the only way to really, show up as the woman that you you know want to be because eventually if you don't take care of yourself and you are a mom or you are a career woman you're gonna hit rock bottom and you're gonna burn out and then you're not gonna feel like yourself anymore and you're gonna regret never taking the steps for getting out in nature or taking a bath or doing your nails or just doing anything for yourself eventually it's gonna catch up to you yeah and self-care is not selfish it's not you're actually doing the opposite you're showing up better for your family. And I have to say something too, as you're talking, I'm like, how many people are just a career woman or just a mom? Do you know what I mean? No, we wear all these hats. (laughs) Yeah, we wear lots of hats. And when you're talking about, it's not a vacation when you go to the grocery store, and it's it's a joke, right? You're right. You see it on social media. Oh, I went to Target and, you know, woohoo. And everybody thinks it's funny. Well, it's not very funny, again, if you're not taking care of yourself because you're important. And again, if you're, if you're not showing up as your best self, how are you going to be a really good mom? How are you going to be a really good business owner or employee or you name it? So I think you have to remember, like you said, It could be something as simple as getting out in nature and going for a walk, painting your nails or taking a bath or, you know, there could be so many things. It doesn't have to cost anything, but taking that time and not feeling guilty about it. What's important too is not thinking that, you know, doing it one time is going to be automatically. It's it's going to take time. That's like like eating an apple and you're now healthy. Yeah. It takes time. It takes dedication to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and falling in love with yourself for the new person Mm -hmm. that you're becoming because I know how stressful it is to start a business and have a career and have kids all in the same time and I feel like you change so much with each of those revenues and you have to learn how to love yourself again and be this new person that you're trying to be and that comes with just so much self-care like it needs to happen it just needs to happen Mm -hmm. I love that okay I want to talk to you about something else because this is really interesting to me Let's talk about menstrual cramps. I had them really bad when I was young. It's kind of a cycle in our family. Like my mom did, my grandma did, my sister did, my girls did. Everybody seemed to, and now my granddaughter does, you know, and we didn't understand it. Again, you just kind of knew, oh, here it comes, you know, I'm going to be laying on the floor, puking, you know, I might hang out in the bathroom because I might be having it come out both ends at the same time while I have these cramps. Um, passing out. I know that was part of our family. That's insane to pass out. Yeah. But I believe it. I believe it 100%. So what can a person do or what do you suggest or? So first of all, it's understanding that 
the pain usually comes from prostaglandins, which elevate when you're about to shed from your uterus and start your period. So those will rise. And it's basically like a hormone that helps your muscle contract Mm -hmm. and brings in inflammation to tell your body like, hey, we need to remove this and we're going to start contracting. We're going to start getting rid of it. And then that's where the pain comes from. And a lot of the time, if you're experiencing that on top, another sign can be diarrhea during that time, because a lot of Mm -hmm. women suffer with that too. Um, It's a sign that those prostaglandins are too high. And Mm. when you hear that, you got to think about like inflammation. That's what it's causing. It's causing inflammation Mm -hmm. in your body, which is a good thing because your body's getting rid of it and it's, you know, eventually going to go back to normal and it's healing yourself. Well, if you're already inflamed down there and then your period comes and you've got more inflammation coming, it's going to hurt a lot more. So the goal is to kind of lower that, those prostaglandins and so in order to do that, you have to lower inflammation. And that's mm. where sometimes coming in with an anti-inflammatory diet or, you know, going down that whatever it is, 30, 60, 90 day protocol of whatever your health coach recommends of an anti-inflammatory diet and, you know, balancing your hormones, getting all that stuff that we talked about before, lowering stress, getting proper sleep. Like there's so many different things that you have to mm. think about because every single person is different. And it's all going to look different. It's all going to change differently. You know, the time, everything. So that's my main focus is lowering inflammation and, um, you know, putting things like more ginger, more turmeric, things like that, red raspberry leaf tea into your diet, stuff like that. Mm. Well, that's really interesting. I didn't know. What is it called again? Prostaglandins? (laughs) Prostaglandins. Prostaglandins. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Go ahead. You're going to spell it. Yeah. P-R-O-S-T-A-G-L-A-N-D-I-N-S. Because you know, when we get off this call, I'm going to be Googling that. (laughs) (laughs) And so is everyone else. They're like, you know, Felicia, we've never heard of these. We're a female. We have these. (laughs) Yeah. This is amazing. No, this is really good information too, because again, sometimes it's just like, Okay, if you went to your regular GP doc, or maybe even your uh, gynecologist or something, they might suggest over the counter, like you said, you know, anti-inflammatory medication, you know, good luck, heating pad. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. that is the um, the regimen that a lot of people are prescribed. And I'm very stubborn. And of course, was like, no, I'm not going to take medication all the time. And I want to go down a different, more natural revenue. So that's kind of what I've learned to go anti-inflammatory. If my period Mm -hmm. seems more crampy than my last one, I'm like, oh, like something's angry down there. And I need to address that right away because I know that if I don't, my next period is just going to keep getting more and more angry. Um, And that's just kind of how it's been for me. So. Well, and I know I've had prior guests who've talked about their periods and their period coaches, if you will, to cycle cycle coaches, cycle thinking type stuff. Yeah. And they talk about too, keeping track, having some kind of a journal, paying attention, because how do we remember what happened a month ago? Sometimes we don't remember what happened yesterday, or, you know, maybe it could be something in your diet that's pissing your body off. You know, it could be something like that. Hey, I shouldn't be eating this, maybe not always, but especially during this time or something like that. Yeah. 
it's really good to track because your body is constantly going to be sending you signals. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what a period is, in my opinion, is it's like um, basically like a monthly, a monthly report on what's going on with you. And you can get a lot of key information from it, you know, with the amount of bleeding that you have or the lack of bleeding that you have, the color of the bleeding that you have, the spotting, the pain, the fatigue, like all those are signs for your body. And now that I think about it, another thing too, when it comes to the inflammatory um, issues and having cramps, there's also things to consider, like, is your diet high in omega-6s and not eating enough omega-3s, which can cause inflammation in the body as well, which is Mm. basically, um, you you need both, but when you have a really high ratio of omega-6, your body's going to be in an inflamed um, Mm -hmm. position, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, just paying attention to those and people may be going omega-6, omega-3. I don't get it. Think of processed food. Think of like all these seed oils we're now consuming, which are in processed food, which are in fast food, you know, out to eat type stuff. They put all of these in there. One, they're cheap, you know, and, but they're, but they're putting us out of balance, like you said. So our omega-3s and our omega-6s are totally jacked. You know, again, you need both. And we're not saying, okay, go have some French fries. (laughs) That's not what we're saying, but just finding out that balance. And there's tests you can do too, to find out your ratio. Yeah. I do know of a test that is part of my program that I recommend tests for oxidative stress, which is um, not an omega-6 to omega-3 balance, but it's more of like a free radical balance. So is there enough antioxidants to free radicals? Because that's another imbalance that you want to look for. Uh, when it comes to inflammation in the body, but I've never heard of the omega-3 and omega-6 test. I only have because my chiropractors talked about it. Oh, interesting. I have to look. Yeah. Have I done it? No, but yeah. <laughs> we, we, and we talk a lot about lots of things. I, I geek out and I love those type of people. So when we talk about stuff, it's like, oh yeah, there's this testing that you can do. And again, it's coming to light because people are eating such unhealthy diets, you know? I mean, again, I know people are busy, Felicia. I get it. I totally get it. We're busy parents. We're busy moms. We're busy, you know, housewives, whatever, you know, we're busy at work. But the problem is we become so busy that all these convenience type things, you know, type foods have now turned on us. You know, we're finding out. 100%. Yes. You know, even just making a small swap, like changing out the canola oil, and canola oil that has the heart on it. I have to just mention it has a healthy heart on it, Felicia. It right on the packaging, my friend. It says it's heart healthy. Swap that out, get rid of that stuff, bring in the avocado oil, bring in the grass-fed butter mm-hmm. and the coconut oil, depending on the you know heat that you need the amount of heat that you use these oils for. Um, that's just that alone can make such a huge difference in the mm-hmm. amount of inflammation in your body. And again, paying attention to ingredients. I talk to people all the time about that. If you are eating a processed food, a packaged food, look at your ingredient labels. Cause, because I guarantee if you look at it, they have some kind of an oil, you know, soybean oil, canola oil, a vegetable oil, which is not a vegetable. <laughs> it's not a vegetable. But yeah, I just bringing this to light though, because people may be going, what do oils have to do with my hormone health. Well, my friend, they may have a lot to do with what's going on with your body. 100%. Yeah. I mean, when I made, that was like one of the first switches I actually made when I started to 
you know, go down becoming a healthier version of myself. And I noticed it right away. It was that much of an impact on what was going on with my body personally. Obviously I was very inflamed. And Mm -hmm. when I made that swap, you know, not even a month later, I'm like, I can definitely tell the difference in the, like my energy levels and uh, how Mm -hmm. like my gut feels after I get done eating, like the bloatedness. I'm like, wow, this, I can't believe you know, that's where just the mind blowing aspect comes in for me all the time. It's like these light bulb moments constantly like, oh, that was making me feel like crap. I'm glad I got rid of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, if people would just try it, they would know. So this has been amazing. I love everything that you're doing and stuff, Alicia, because again, I think we need to get the word out. Let's talk periods, people. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about period health. Let's talk about, you know, pregnancy and just all the things Mm. that come with becoming a woman in all different stages of life. It's super important to get this information out there so that everybody can start feeling better and have like the best energized version of yourself because it can bring a major shift to your life. It's just quite amazing to be honest. Mm -hmm. And we even talked about the mental health side, you know, that alone you might just be like blown away. It's like, oh my gosh, I just feel like a different person. Like you said, the healthier version of you. Okay. So tell people where they can find you, Felicia. I do have a TikTok and an Instagram on both. I am the healthy period geek. So um, just my handle is healthy period geek. And that's how you can find me. I have a free period guide on there as well on Instagram. Just follow the link and you'll find it. And then if you want to work with me, I also have a link on my Instagram as well to book a call because I like to make sure that, you know, we feel suited with each other and um, we both kind of like, like the vibes of what's going on before I commit to a client. I love it. And we'll make sure all that's in the show notes. So nobody has to stop what they're doing. If you're driving, please don't wreck. We'll we'll put (laughs) Felicia's information, but thank you again. I appreciate you. I think people like you are just helping the world. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Out Life podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so that more people can hear about the podcast. For more resources, just visit us at healthyalife.com. Yeah